0: Welcome to the Spinner is Lit Pinball Podcast. Tonight's episode, Episode 8, The Lady Has Skills. I'm your host, Spencer Klingin, and along with me is uh, my co-host and wonderful engineer, Seth Holder. Hey, everybody. And tonight, we have a very special guest. Uh, Juniper Neff is joining the show. Welcome to the show, Juniper.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes. Good to have you on tonight. So, of course, we're a pinball podcast, so we're going to talk about pinball. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: So I'm 15 years old, and my dad's the main pinball expert in the family, and I'm in the local league.
0: Yep, and we play in that local league together. Mm -hmm. Cool.
1: He beats my butt every time.
0: So um, when did you first start playing pinball?
1: Um, so I first started playing when my dad started playing again, kind of a midlife crisis. Um, but I wasn't really serious about it, so I actually, I kind of count it back as in I started playing when I started League, which was four or five years ago.
0: Cool. Okay. Um, so you've been playing for about five years now. Yeah. What was the first game you had in your house?
1: Uh, we had a black hole. Awesome. Awesome. And that, that was the first game we had.
0: So you played it a lot then?
1: Uh, Not really. I, I played it whenever my dad did, which was a lot at first.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and all the black hole owners and lovers just <laughs> cringed.
1: I was little. <laughs> I could barely read. Hey, I, I, I,
2: no, no. I, Juniper, I'm with you. If I had a black hole in my game room, it would be the least played one. I, I respect it. It's a beautiful machine, but I I, I know people are... Not happy with me right now, but it, it doesn't do much for me. So It was I, a wide I body, understand. and I was
1: small. It hurt to play.
2: That, yeah, oh, there you go. There you go. That's true, because
0: for a small person, a wide body is a pretty big stretch.
2: Spencer would know.
0: I would know. <laughs> so, um, when did you start showing interest in repairing games?
1: Um, I think I had always had the interest, but I took the initiative after my 15th birthday um, because I was actually old enough to be useful at something. Um, and so I had started planning and my dad bought me the Stingray as kind of a, I was going to buy it and then he bought it for me.
2: A Stingray. So that's what a Stern, an old solid state Stern. Yeah. So that was, that was the first machine. Okay. First of many, right? You've got multiples by now.
1: Uh, well, no, (laughs) not me. (laughs) All
2: right. So yeah, it's not like your dad yet. You haven't got to that space. No, not yet. What was the first
0: thing you repaired on your
2: own?
1: Um. So, when we got when we got her, Stingray wouldn't turn on, and so that was really the first thing we repaired was getting her to boot up.
2: Okay, and you did all that by yourself, right?
1: I mean, I had my dad help me, but yeah, it was mostly on my own.
2: This is just like what basic, was it? Yeah, as I say, is this just uh, chasing down board issues or wiring or what? What kind of details?
1: Um, I think it was a board issue. I think it might have been one of the fuses.
2: Oh, that's a, that's a perfect start. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to paintball. It, it's always a fuse. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the ball, Check the fuses.
0: What was the hardest pair you've done so far?
1: Um. So my dad had always been by my side when repairing. And so when I went to Pinagogo this year, I shadowed a, a pin medic. And we worked on... They had, they had a different style, and we worked on a machine that was much older than my Stingray. And so that was difficult for me because I had to adapt very quickly.
0: So it was an old EM?
1: Yeah, it was a North Star. Oh, wow.
0: Great yeah. game. Mm. Well, that's cool. So now you've got EM and early solid state on your belt. And, and I think you've he probably helped you down on a couple of more modern games too, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I mostly watch them, but I, I, I have helped.
0: Cool.
2: That's quite all right, because when uh, when I turn to your dad for repairs, that's exactly what I do. I mostly watch.
0: Yeah, exactly. Me too. So, what's uh, uh, what? What do you enjoy about working on games?
1: Um, I really like the satisfaction of looking back and being like, "Hey, I did that."
0: Yeah, when you make something, when you fix something that's broken, and you get it to work, and it works perfect, and you're like, "Awesome!"
1: Yeah, I re-
0: that's always a good feeling.
1: I remember the first time I heard the little startup um, chimes on Stingray and I was like that that was I will forever be in my memory mm. memory cuz that was so pretty like hearing something that like hey I made that happen.
2: I didn't even realize that game had a chime box in it that's pretty cool.
1: Mhm.
0: Yeah. So you did uh, partly partly did this for a class project, right?
1: I did. So at my school at the end of the year, you know how most schools have end of the year finals that like encompass all of the subjects, ours is, is on a it's on a teacher basis. So if our teacher decides to give us an end of the year final, we get one. But in addition to that, we have a huge project we have to do. And so in years before, they had chosen subjects for us like math or science or stu- stuff like that. This year we were allowed to choose our subject. And so I chose pinball because it was something that interested me.
0: So how did you uh, uh, present this to the class?
1: I brought stingray in. Yeah, um, after school one day, we had my dad drive in, and we drove straight onto the campus, and put it in a supply closet. And then about an hour before my um, an hour before my presentation, we wheeled it into the classroom and put a blanket over it. And so. During my presentation I brought the Stingray manual that we had and I gave I put up a little PowerPoint and I let students play it and that was my presentation.
0: So you got to be like the coolest kid in the school for a while.
1: Oh I was. I was definitely the coolest kid in in the school. I had people coming up to me and being like, Whoa, you repaired a pinball machine. <laughs> it must have been so complicated. I'm shocked
2: they knew what a pinball machine was. <laughs>
0: No that's really cool and it it's getting uh, other young people introduced to the hobby, which is always a good thing. Mhm, that's awesome.
1: It was funny. I had students coming up to me, and my presentation had an entire section devoted to here's what they look here's what the stereotypical pinball machine looks like. here's what they actually look like, and mm. a lot of the kids apparently I broadened their minds, apparently because um. A lot of them came up to me and were like, I didn't know there were modern pinball machines. I thought they were all for old people. And I'm like, no. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so now there's kids at your school running all over town with bags of quarters looking for modern games to play. I think so. That's awesome. That's awesome. Get them hooked, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: really that's really cool. So what did your teachers think about this?
1: Um, I had, let's just say... My uh, vice principal was the one who had to let us into the school, and he was giddy. That—that's like the only word I can use to describe it. He's like, "Oh my god, that's so cool! (laughs) It was awesome."
0: That is awesome. See, and that's you know, because when you meet people, especially in like your dad's age bracket, and me and Seth, you know, we grew up with it. It was literally everywhere. Every Uh Seven Eleven, you know, every every pizza place, every Burger Shack. Bowling alley every place had a pinball machine or two, you know and Then video games came along and slowly the pinball machine started to disappear and then the video games started to disappear So, you know for your age bracket um, There's a lot less places to find a place to play a pinball machine So for them to see one or somebody like your vice principal who probably hasn't seen one in a really long time It's like seeing an old friend so that's Definitely. that's a, you know, it's 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 really something special, you know, and it gives people, you know, just simple joys of their youth. So that's awesome. Um, you got any tips for someone just starting out, you know, maybe thinking about buying their first game and they just they don't know anything other than I like pinball.
1: Surround yourself with experts. It's what I did. <laughs> ten out of ten always works.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so basically network, network with people network. in your area. Okay, cool. Join your local cool. league.
1: It doesn't matter you know what? if you're good.
0: They'll help you. Yes, yes. You know, and that's, I think, one of the things. I don't know. You know, I can't speak on other leagues anywhere, but I know our league, um, you know, we have people of all ages. I mean, from what, mid to late 60s all the way down to eight, nine-year-old kids and everything in between, you know, yep. moms, dads, families. It's a, it's a really laid-back and positive environment and a really fun experience. That's where I met you. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um,
1: you can't get more well, positive you know, real- than that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, when um, um, like, like, you know, Seth and your dad and all the other cool people who I'm in league with now and hang out with, I, I basically met all on the Internet. And because uh, we all lived in the, the, you know, the surrounding area, we all started meeting at, at shows and people's parties. And it just kind of grew from that. So and that's how I got into league. So it's really cool. You should invite your vice principal.
2: (laughs) She's like, well, now wait, hold on.
1: (laughs) I invited him.
2: Did you really? Cool. I did. Good for you.
1: Actually, I think it was my dad who invited him, but I was smiling broadly the entire time. So I'm sure I was more welcoming. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, your dad can be a charming (laughs) fellow when he wants to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Right on. Uh, What's your favorite game right now?
1: Oof. That's a tough one. Um, I've always been a fan of the more modern games. I like, like, 2000 games. Um, But I'm also a fan of flow games. So Theater of Magic, uh, Star Trek. Those are good games. I like those ones.
2: Can't go wrong there.
0: No, I just played the Theater of Magic a couple weeks ago in League uh, at at your house. And, you know, a lot of my play haven't been in that good of shape. And when your dad traded that out temporary trade for Ghostbusters, I was like, "But no, it's ghostbusters, but after playing <laughs> that theater of Magic, which plays beautifully, I was having a really We're good getting time. it back so um, but no, that theater of magic plays beautifully, and I had a really good time playing it, so even though I didn't do that well that night on it, so it's a good game so and Ghostbusters is cool too, so right on. so you have anything else you want to throw out there?
1: Uh, not really.
0: Not really. Uh oh. any no
1: more questions you want to ask?
0: Uh, you know what? I don't have any more questions written down. So, but um, <laughs> you know, we we love having you on the show, and uh, just to show Thank people, you. it's like you know, it doesn't matter if you're young or old, or uh, you know, a, a, a guy or a girl. Um, if you like pinball, you know, y- you can be part of a great community and and share that with other people and get them involved and uh, and show them the the simple joy of just getting together with some friends and going and playing pinball.
1: Actually, for the first three years, three-ish years, I'm not counting the five years I had, but the ones where I was, like, really young and couldn't play all that well, I didn't even like pinball all that much. I just liked the people. Yeah. Like, y'all were such nice people.
0: Yeah, you know. That's
1: probably what kept me in it the most.
0: Not crazy or anything, so. Mm -hmm. Well.
1: I mean, maybe a little bit.
0: Maybe a little bit, right.
1: That's what makes it special kind of crazy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You
0: know, I I, I have to agree with you on that. For the last few years, getting more involved in the hobby, meeting people, uh, you know, I, I haven't met anyone that's not just a really awesome, decent, nice person in the pinball community.
1: And I mean, to go along with that, the nice thing about the pinball community is you have that special kind of crazy that kind of special kind of crazy where it'll allow people to listen to a 15-year-old girl when she gives her opinions. <laughs> you have no idea how many clubs, how many organizations I've been with where I've tried to have a voice, and they don't listen to me because I, I'm young. Yeah. And I couldn't possibly have a good idea compared to all of these other people. And with you guys, I'm completely at home. Well, that's their loss. I know, right?
0: <laughs> exactly, and there's one more thing that is the magic of pinball. Mm-hmm. You know that that your opinion is just as valid as anybody else because you're a pinhead. Woo! Yep. <laughs> you know that's and and that's the magic of pinball. Wow! Cool. All right, Juniper, thank you uh, for what? coming on the show and sharing. You know, sharing your story with us. It's a great story.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: Yeah, you run out there and you share this podcast with all your friends. Definitely. And what's the name of our podcast?
1: The spinner is lit.
2: Yes. Awesome. All right. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. All right, Juniper. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you.
0: Okay. Our game of the week, or game of the this episode, uh Whirlwind. So uh made by Williams Manufacturing and it was released in 1990 and i believe it was 7300 units of this game were made and we both owned it
2: yeah it was uh was uh what i termed at the time a keeper <laughs> <laughs> You know, me too, and I never really planned to get rid of
0: it, but uh, 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 this wonderful thing in California called Supplemental Property Tax. changed that. Oh, no. so, hey, you know what, man? There's plenty out there. I can get another one down the road. And I had that one in the stable for almost four years.
2: Well, you put so, some good time on it.
0: Oh, yeah. And I love the game. And, I mean, it's still one of my all-time favorite games. It's It's got I, I really a little bit of everything because it was right at the end. Of the alphanumeric era uh system eleven nearly indestructible I mean other than uh, a a micro switch breaking under the ramp, I never really had a problem with that game at all. Nothing ever broke,
2: yeah, a lot of system elevens which uh when when I had my whirlwind, that was all I cared about at the time was system elevens um they really once you bulletproof them they 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 were like tanks they'll go forever.
0: Yeah, really, really, you know, fairly low maintenance, like I said, once you bulletproof them. And, uh, you know, in particular, since we're talking about whirlwind, uh, some of the features for someone may not have played it, uh, you know, six pop bumpers, um, a three bank of drop targets at a really interesting angle, and they can be swept for extra points. Also offers a skill shot to hit the targets, each one worth more points uh, from top to bottom. Uh, a single drop target up up towards the upper play field, two ramps, three flippers, um, a spinner, two orbit shots. One, actually both of them, if you do the outer orbit, the inner orbit, and then the left ramp in a row, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the first three-way combo in a pinball machine.
2: Ooh. At least the, thir- the first um, maybe machine to award you something. For doing a three-way combo. Yes,
0: exactly. Which everybody's complaining about that game is that shot is very, very difficult to make, and it doesn't award a lot of points. Only 250,000 points for making that three-way combo.
2: But you get the ever-so-satisfying uh, siren sound. The air raid siren sound, yeah. yeah. And uh, that that's really
0: cool. And a cool little light show, too. Um Theme integration on that. I love everything about that game. The gameplay, the artwork, uh, theme integration, um, the gizmos or toys on it. You know the fan topper, uh, which really, you know, when it's, when you uh, lock a ball going into multi-ball, you get you know the fan blowing. Uh, you know that really pulls you into. Oh wow, that's wind. Oh cool. And then the three spinning discs that, especially when you make the left ramp shot and it drops off onto that far right spinner, and if it catches right, just sits there spins for a second. You never know where that ball is going to be coming at you. Sometimes it goes back up the play field, off to the side. Sometimes it rockets straight down to flippers. It's great. It's, it's, it's got that one-more-game feel, and it's got that adrenaline rush like a roller coaster for me.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, I it's funny. As, as you're kind of going through it, I'm uh, – I jumped on Pinside, because I, I, this is one of the games I had rated on Pinside, and so I pulled up my old uh, review of it, and uh, I, I still stand by it, I think. I don't have it ranked even in the top three System 11 pins, so um, I'm probably uh, not going to be popular for that opinion, um, but that's just because I really love System 11 pins, and I, I uh, probably too much so, uh, so there's other ones that I, I get a little bit more enjoyment out of, but um, I think my original review on this is um uh that it's a great solid state pin to own in a small collection or if like it's an only um only pin in your collection. I've heard some people refer to this as a desert island pin, right? It's got a little bit of everything on it. Um uh it's it's fun for a good player because it can be set up to be really tough and brutal. Um, you know, like you said, drops and spinner and um ramps and combo shots. It's got um the depth and, and interest to keep you going long term. So, most people that I know that have a whirlwind in their collection never get rid of it. Um, ultimately, I got rid of it because um, they made 7,300 of them, and I knew I could get another one. You know, they do come up for sale, and um, I wanted uh, opportunity to own different pins. Um, so, I've tended to drift into things that are harder to get. Um, just because I know those are the ones that, uh, you know, you see once every couple of years come up for sale, I'm, I'm more likely to jump on them. So I do miss it a little bit, um, but uh, I think ultimately um, when I had it, I, I wasn't playing it as much. And I think there's a couple things that hold me back on this game. Um, one is the, um, I, I, I like the idea of an original theme. And I like the fan integration and the, the colors and everything are, are fine. But there's just something about the overall theme that doesn't speak to me at a deeper level. You know, some of my pins um, I gravitate to more are going to usually be uh, fantasy or science fiction. Uh, you know, a blackout or a grand lizard. There's certain call outs that they have, um, or, or certain, um, art that just really speaks to me. And, and so those kind of up the scale. For me, Whirlwind is, is perfectly fine. Um, but there's nothing on it that, like, just draws me in. Um, and it makes me want to play it more. So, but, you know, the, the, uh, the real straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, is, uh, a, a good friend of mine, Charlie, came over and, um, He played it. Uh, He was having a great game. He's just a natural pinball player. He doesn't play that much, but he comes over from time to time, and he'll play, and he usually has good games. Well, he came over, and within 10 to 15 minutes, he hit that freaking three-way combo. Wow. And I have never been able to hit it on that machine, and so at that point, I was just like, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) I it that not, just I, really disturbed me. <laughs> I, I no, I, you know, believe it or
0: not, I mean it, it would be about once every hundred games, but for about a year and a half it was my only game. So I played it a lot. Yeah. And uh so I hit it, you know, I don't know, probably uh eight or ten times in that year and a half, you know.
2: Yeah, and, you must uh, have been doing something right. I I I had good scores on it. I'd get into the twenty millions on it. Um, For a three-ball factory-setting game, I think that's decent. But um, for whatever reason, I just could never get my act together enough to focus on that three-way combo and be able to hit it. I did it with the glass off just to hear what it sounded like at one point early on. But um, I I know that's considered one of the top ten hardest shots in pinball is trying to hit that three-way combo.
0: Well, well, you make your outside shot you you know and it rockets around and then you hit oh, it the, first, off. The, two, the two-way combo yeah all day long <laughs> right well then you what well what, what, then you hit that inner loop and you don't even have time to blink you, you have to assume loop. it's gonna make it yeah you have to assume it's gonna make it and flip again and then just pray to god you hit it up that ramp so <laughs> exactly just just far enough to hit that switch and boom you get the three-way combo but that's it's it's a tough tough shot. You know the other thing I forgot to mention about it is the sellers. You know it's got the sellers, and it's got a real, you know, by today's standards, primitive, uh, but it's got modes. You know, and that's one of the earliest mode games. The,
2: um, well, now that was my favorite aspect of that game. That's typically what I ended up doing was just trying to light every single seller mode to get to the super seller. Getting the um, super that-
0: seller is always fun.
2: That I just love the light show and everything that came with it. So that that's typically the pattern I always fell into, and then I just never tried anything beyond that um, once I got good at it. So,
0: you know, physical ball walk that's also fun unless you're in league play because nobody likes to have their multi ball stolen. So <laughs> yeah,
2: I love that though.
0: <laughs> I do too. I do too. In fact, I was playing Grand Lizard last week at league, and uh, uh, oh, I hear that's a really nice Grand Lizard. It's a beautiful grand lizard. It played absolutely wonderful, and I had a really good game on it. So, um, yeah. So I, I was actually shocked you loaned that out, you know. But you know, but, you know, it's a cheddar, so you know, it's good. <laughs> so, you know, you're talking hey, hey, about for my brothers. There you go. You're talking about the glass off. Um, I was speaking, and this is a couple of years ago, speaking with our uh, one of our other brothers who owns that game, uh, our, our, our now legendary Mo. And uh, I was like, "You don't know about the three-way combo. Because what three-way combo, right?" And I'm like, "No, no. You take the glass off." And I was like, "Do it, do it." And he's like, "I had no idea that was there." I'm like, "Yeah, man. It's really tough to hit." So I've never asked him if he's hit it since then. I'm sure he has.
2: You just never know. He, I, I like to think it's a harder shot since I could. I've never done it. I've done it on uh, the pinball um, arcade, but uh, I don't know if the physics on that are a little bit easier in my mind.
0: Yeah, they are, but they did a pretty good job of it. So, but you can't get the fan, you know. It's like Earthshaker. You know, your phone will shake, but it's like, all right, but it's not the same.
2: Yeah, you know, at at the, so it, with my Whirlwind, it was a beautiful example. It was It was a really, really, really nice players. The cabinet was really good. The playfield was done. It was done uh, with good LEDs. I got it. The guy that got me into the hobby, uh, in terms of uh, he's who I bought my first machine from. So I, I take that back. He didn't get me into the hobby, but he was the, my first buyer. He sold me uh, high speed. And so he really took care of me on high speed, gave me a great deal, knew it was my first machine, and I ended up falling head over heels in love with High speed, and then falling in love with all things System 11. Well, he a year or two later moved out of town, and so he was selling some of his other machines. And so I had the opportunity to buy his Whirlwind, so it was kind of nice to go back to him, um, having grown the collection and grown as a pinball enthusiast and be able to pick up another machine from him. Um, so I always appreciated that. But you know, having um, around that same time, having uh, high speed, and Pinbot, and um, Earthshaker and Swords of Fury, and Grand Lizard, um, and Borrowing a Taxi, so I had a, a whole plethora of System 11s that I was either had or was playing, and um, it just, for me, didn't have that one more game appeal compared to some of the other ones I had, and I think that's just a personal preference.
0: Well, Matt, you mentioned all of those System 11s, having them all at the same time, you got me a little bit excited here, I mean, you know. Wow, what a great lineup. You know, I've owned Pimbot, too, and I occasionally miss that. It's such a phenomenal game. It really is.
2: Yeah, I didn't think I'd miss it until I went and played um, Chris's down in in Lodi, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot how much I love this game.
0: (laughs) And Chris's is absolutely just perfect.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful example.
0: You know, the taxi, uh, Grand Lizard, your Grand Lizard's awesome, your Swords of Fury. Um, just an amazing, all, all of them, you know. I mean, you can't go wrong, you know. We both own horror games too, so it, we both loved it. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: well, well, you know, yours was a little rough. A little. I think I really, yeah. I'm gonna say that's why you didn't love it as much as I did.
0: No, you know, I actually, I actually miss that game. I love that game. I love the music on that game. But you know, it's like, uh, you know, I had fun with it. It was time to move it on. So I kept it for a year.
2: Yeah, he kept a good line. And mine went to Practical Steve. Uh, there's his uh, shout-out. And uh, I hear he's thinking about doing a trade for it soon. Um, but he, he's loved it and, and held on to it for quite a while. So that that's yet another system of love that doesn't get a ton of love. But it definitely has staying power in the right collection. Uh, you know, well, a lot of people
0: said it's, what, high speed. Really high speed, too. I mean... Yeah, I mean, speed. it's...
2: It, yeah, it's it's before getaway, but it's definitely got that same flow as high speed. You know, it's got the ramp on the left like high speed does. Um, so, and then, you know, it's got that Steve Ritchie flow. Um, so, yeah, I, I could totally see that. Two spinners, they a drop targets. I mean, you know, a great, you know, it's a, a great budget game. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So we're gonna, uh to, so I think we have about cover Whirlwind. What are we moving on to? We are going to talk, uh, I know this is going to be a shock because I think we're the first podcast to discuss it, <laughs> um, I, I say that firmly uh, with my tongue in my cheek, uh, Star Wars, we, have, uh, we haven't we have had an episode since they released the uh, gameplay video, um, Dead Flip was, uh, had the opportunity to go out to the factory and, and did a uh, Twitch stream out there uh, on Star Wars. And I was uh, heading out of town on vacation uh, when it was live streaming, but I was in my car with my uh, phone, so I was able to watch a good chunk of it from the car and then watch the offline version when I got home, so I got to see a lot of it. Um, This was a machine that um, I, if I recall, I'd have to go back an episode or two, you were kind of down on and I think I was kind of up on, but we were we were waiting, and we're still waiting, right? I think that's ultimately we're not going to really make a, a firm call until we can actually play a machine set up correctly. But um, to me, this gameplay video was pretty telling. I think I was um, fairly blown away by the the use of sound and the visuals on the on the screen. Um, I thought they did an amazing job. I'm not a Star Wars fan per se. I don't hate Star Wars, but um, so it's not like a dream theme for me like it is probably for 50% of everybody listening. Um, But um, watching it, um, watching the the gameplay on it, it definitely had... um, Steve Ritchie is is the designer on it. Definitely you could tell it's a Steve Ritchie pen. It kind of had that... Star Trek feel a little bit in terms of the shot maps but you know ultimately it's pinball there's only so many layouts you can do so I'm, I'm not really uh and, and obviously it's not the same there's there's quite a few differences but I mean it just kind of has that feel where you've got some ramps on either side and and whatnot but um it's really fast I think you know initially people uh, based on the reactions I was seeing were were a bit like oh god this is going to be um, one of those games where everybody needs 20 minutes of ball, um, because, um, this, it just, you know, you, you never lose your ball and it's multi-ball after multi-ball. But then I think, you know, everybody kind of calmed down a little bit and said, well, wait a minute, as we're watching this gameplay video and we're watching folks put up, uh, crazy high scores, I think uh, we have to recognize that at least two of those players are some of the top-ranked players in the world. <laughs> and they can take just about any game and make it look that easy and with that long of a ball time. So I I think once we get to play it, we'll kind of be able to kind of really judge it in terms of, okay, is this going to be one of those games that, like, you drain in 30 seconds, or can you play a couple minutes, or is it going to be, um, you know, Lord of the Ringish where you're you know, chopping wood for five to ten minutes every ball um, and, you know, having to slog your way through it and and stepping up for a game is a commitment of a a decent amount of time. Yeah, you
0: know, uh, watching the video, my take on it was I really think that Stern has found the balance where the casual player that, oh, cool, pill machine, oh, cool, Star Wars, I go up, they throw a couple bucks in it, and they play it and they have a good time. Like I said, it's got great video integration and the music. I think the theme integration looks pretty solid and they'll, you know, they'll get a multi ball or they'll make the TIE fighter dance or, you know, something and, and they'll feel satisfied. Right. The amount of rules. And I guess this is like a really, really, really early, like almost maybe beta code and the amount of rules and, and stuff you can choose from is just crazy. And so I think that it looked
2: always- like they tried to help out a little bit on screen, though. I mean, I was seeing where you they were showing paths that you could choose to go down, and you know you could be, go to level two or level three. Right. Um, so look, it's like you know, and that's where some of some folks will complain about the the stop and go of the game is you got to stop there and cradle the ball and try to make some decisions. But uh, to me, you know, you if if you're if you own the game, then eventually you just learn all the rules. And on location, uh, that's where it gets a little tougher.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I think for the homeowner, somebody who buys it, puts it in the home, they won't get bored of it quickly, because I'm sure there's going to be further code updates because it's got a real good, looks like it's got a real good depth, and like you're talking about, you know, you got Josh Sharp is one of the best players in the world, but even he has some short ball times.
2: Yeah, yeah, you
0: know, of course, I'm sure it's set up pretty hard, but um, so I think for the tournament player, the hardcore, you know. Some of the people who are into really deep rule sets, I think this will have a lasting, you know, it, it'll, it'll last in people's collection not only based on theme, but based on, you know, hey, it's got a really deep rule set and there's a lot to do, so they won't just blaze through it in three months and go, well, bored of it now. So I think, I think right. Stern it looks like Stern's got a pretty good balance of that. I mean, there's always room for improvement, but I mean, you know, the the uh, the new LCD monitor. I mean, this is only, you know. Uh, Stern's third game on this and just like if we go back to the early DMD games you know with Gilligan's Island and Terminator 2 and, and some of the other games the, the 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 dot matrix display really grew and progressed and so did the rule sets along with it over time you know when it was first you know first came out you can go back to even with the Alphanumerics you talk about high speed which is still a great game but if you look at high speed compared to like you know the last few alphanumerics, like, no, uh, oh, even go up to taxi. You know, had some kind of sort of little video display things with like the taxi rushing by at the uh, match right, sequence right. and things like. They made improvements, and they said, "Oh, we can do this now." And so, uh, right. you know, I think uh, I think overall, I'm more excited about it. I'm less, uh, you know, not, I, I, you know, and it is it, it is hand painted art, but it, it's got that,
2: you know, like. It, the artwork
0: could be anything. It could be the side of a lunchbox, you know.
2: I don't know. I think when you see it up front, up front and personal, I think I think it's gonna shine through. Some, I just some of the shots I've seen of it, I'm like, okay, I, I kind of get it. It kind of, I dig it. Um, it it doesn't look as photoshopped as it initially did to me. Um, and then, like what you're saying about the 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 display, totally agree. I mean, when I look at, I, I was trying to watch the screen instead of the pinball play uh, on some of it. Um, and I just thought it was really well executed. Um, it wasn't just like uh, screen grabs out of the movie. It was really well thought out, heads up display, laid over content that really uh, went with the sound and what the, the objectives were um, at that moment on the game. So, um, yeah, I think they just keep getting better and better at this
0: yeah i'm excited to play it so as soon as we get one locally we're gonna have to check it out and then we can do yeah it. we I'm, can talk I'm, about it more i'm sure
2: but... coin will get one <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly we'll do a on the spot report yeah speaking of which i will go back to whirlwind
0: for one second um yeah check uh pinballmap.com listeners and see if you can find a whirlwind in your neck of the woods or find a collector that has one or a new star wars game in fact uh uh yeah, I, I'm sure CoinOps is gonna get a Star Wars, and right now at Fanny Ann's in Sacramento, California, uh, old Sacramento, you can play Whirlwind. It's on location there.
2: Nice. Yeah, I'm looking at Pinside, and there's already like um, 19 people that have it in their collection, So maybe they're people that have pre-ordered. But I'm showing at least seven locations around the United States that have one already uh, set up. Uh, so and I'm not seeing one in. Um, our neck of the woods. Looks like Colorado might be the closest one. Well, they just started shipping, what, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen people taking them home from shows. Cool, cool. All right. I, I think that
0: about covers uh, our Star Wars update. Um, before we segue into uh, show updates, I uh, just want to give a quick shout-out. Spooky Pinball, their uh, documentary – uh, things that go bump in the night is now available to rent or own on vimeo so let's support uh pinball documentary documentary filmmakers let's uh you know g- give our support for team spooky and uh reddit or buy it and i know it's going to be coming out on dvd and blu-ray soon i just don't know when so check out vimeo and give it a watch you're not doing anything else good this weekend are you playing pinball you're gonna mow the lawn it's too hot it's summer sit inside have a nice tea and. uh Watch the Spooky Pinball documentary. You won't regret it.
2: Yeah, I mean, for four bucks for a rental or nine bucks to own it, uh, it's it's an hour plus long with some bonus features, and I, I think uh, it's good family entertainment. Gather the family around uh, the dinner table, sit down, and watch a little spooky.
0: Yeah, it's not just pinball; it's a success story of a, a you know a, a small family-owned business, and that's always a good thing. Yep. Cool. Yep. All right. Show updates. Uh, you want to start?
2: Um, Sure. Uh, from my perspective, uh, the big show in our neck of the woods is California Extreme, uh, big show that's been going on forever. Uh, it's in Santa Clara. Uh, it is July 29th and 30th. That's a Saturday, Sunday, um, and it is open uh, for pre-order on tickets, and it's being hosted in the Hyatt Regency there in uh, downtown Santa Clara. Um, I was super excited to go. I even had my room rented uh, for Saturday night, and uh, unfortunately, I got called out of town for two weeks, so I'm going to miss it this year. so a little bummed, but uh, I know a lot of the my Northern California brothers are going to be there, and I've uh, been monitoring the on, pin side thread, and looks like we've we got a p- pretty good uh, turnout for them this year, so should be a great show, and that's what I've got on my plate.
0: Okay, well, mine is uh, the other side of the country, the same weekend, and it is uh, Replay FX, July 27th through 30th in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center, and uh, that's uh, also going to be having you know the pinball tournament, Pinburgh, which is the world's largest pinball tournament, if uh, memory serves. and uh, So you can go out and play pinball, and and compete, or just, you know, play pinball, watch the, uh, some of the best pinball players on, uh, Planet Pinball, slug it out for the title, so, if you're gonna be on the East Coast, definitely show to check out. So, on to the gadget of the month, which I have nothing, and you have a couple things.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, we try to throw in, uh, something out of the, uh, the tech bag every, every episode, um. And as always, uh, you didn't contribute this time. So um, what I was scanning around, I realized um, one of my recent acquisitions that's brought me a lot of joy, um, most things pinball do, but over the uh, four to five years I put into the hobby, has Juniper been in the hobby longer than me? Hmm i have to think about that. Uh, the four or five years I've been in the hobby, I've gone through a variety of toolboxes. Um, as I started going to shows uh, about three or four years ago and bringing my own games and bringing my own tools to fix my games, um, I started kind of trying to figure out what's the best way to carry tools around. If I go to look at a machine, I go to, um, to, go to show to work on my machines, I go to work on other people's machines, like what's the right amount of tools and, and all that good stuff. So, I went. I got a. Went down to my favorite um, hardwoods hardware store, uh, Harbor Freight. Picked out a uh, a really high end eight dollar toolbox. That was my first go around, and um, <laughs> that lasted about a year before uh, I just realized it just ended up being a big pile of tools in there that I was constantly having to dig around. So I thought, all right, let me get something a little more compartmentalized. So I, I went down to Lowe's next. And picked out kind of one of those um, toolboxes that you pull the handle out. And it's kind of like a tackle box where it's got multiple levels that uh, come out of it. And they keep a little more organized, right? You can get smaller tools in the top shelves and the bigger tools in the bottom. So that served me well. But, you know, um, carrying that around and then setting it down and then having to open it and digging around trying to find uh, a smaller tool still was suboptimal. And so this uh, last year when uh Pinagogo was getting ready to spin up again I, I started thinking all right, I I really want an easy way to carry tools around. So um having observed others in the past I decided to try out a, a tool bag instead. So I went back to um Lowe's and they had a uh, like a just a vanilla polyester tool bag for like 17 bucks. And, you know, it's not huge, so I was a little worried that it wasn't big enough. But being able to store your tools vertically in pouches was, like, amazing. So anywhere I went, I just plopped my tool um, my tool bag down, and I had immediate access to anything. I didn't have to open up anything. I didn't have to make sure there was enough space for me to open the lid and pull the trays out. Um, I could carry it and pull a tool out while I was walking. Um, I could see all the tools at once. Um, and it took up a lot less space. And so I've really been able to kind of tailor that tool bag, and I have like the perfect set of tools in it now for most of, you know, 90% of my wrenching is all in that bag now. And what I have found is around the house, or if I'm working on the cars outside doing whatever, I find that I'm grabbing this bag now and using my pinball tool bag for most of my honeydew list, too. Right. So I've uh, been, really, been really happy with that transition. So I know it's something small, right? But, you know, um, if you're wrenching on games a lot, it's nice to have uh, an easy way of uh, carrying things around and accessing your tools. Because typically in the past, I'd grab a handful of tools and walk back to my machine, and I wouldn't get the thing I needed, and then I'd have to go back. So you get to kind of the waste of time. So carrying a bag around with everything you need in it is definitely... The way to go.
0: No, it, it, you know, I actually have one for work, what you're similar to what you're talking about, because I love Harbor Freight. And uh, so it's got all my little tools for work in it. And I carry I I that. It, I call my doctor bag, you know? So, yeah. um, but no, it makes perfect sense. And it's just, it's right there. You can see it, especially if you're in a show, you know? Yeah, you right. right there. Everything's really, oh, yeah, I got that right here. Boom. No, so that's a great
2: tip. And then uh, the, in terms of gadgets, uh, I thought I'd throw out um, uh, something I saw on Pinside uh, earlier today as I was uh, browsing around like I'm um, uh, known to do. And um, it's something that uh, I've had my eye on. Uh, it's a subwoofer. So some of the more modern pins, you know, um, the... Um, DMDs and later, if you will, it's really easy to hook up subwoofers to them and really add a kind of a, a, even if you don't have a shaker motor, it kind of adds that um, verbal depth to the gameplay when you can really get stuff to rattle around. Um, So I was um, pretty excited when I got mine hooked up. I actually bought one uh, last year, and then I bought... um, The Penovators make a little pin soundboard that uh, plugs into your MPU in the back box, and you just tell it what kind of machine you have, whether it's Stern, White Star, or uh, um, uh, whatever particular flavor of um, Williams you have. And you plug it in there, and you just run your audio cables to it. So you're actually able to uh, run multiple machines into it as well. Um, So you can use, like I had um, my Star Trek Next Gen and my Fishtails. Um, piped into it. So it's a pretty cool way to add an extra layer of depth and sound to it. And then I went the next step and I added a little um, um, uh, um, on-off. It's like a little remote control to turn on and off the sub uh, so I don't have to crawl underneath it. And so it just plugs into the wall, and so it's like a little remote that I keep on a keychain. I can turn it on and off, so that way if you know it's late at night, I can just keep it off. But, or if it's during the day and no one's here, I can turn it on. But, so the subwoofer is a great way to add kind of a, a, a cool dynamic to some of the more modern games. And Polk Audio's uh, PSW10 seems to be the one that most people point to as like, yeah, this is a great way to start. And they go on sale from time to time. Um, for really cheap, and so that's usually when everybody jumps on them. So like, I think every year around Black Friday time they go on sale. Well, there happens to be some used like new ones through Amazon warehouse deals right now on Amazon for 72 bucks uh, with free shipping. So uh, head on if you're at all thinking about uh, powered subwoofers, it's a great time to go snag one. 71.99 now, uh, and then tax depending on what state you're in um, is a great little way to add some extra depth uh, to a game um, or multiple games. So highly recommended. And that is my Gizmos of the Week. Cool, cool. Alright, uh,
0: next segment is What's the Deal with Escapism Pinball? Uh, this kind of just showed up out of nowhere about a week ago uh, courtesy of our good pal. Another shout-out tonight to Practical Steve, who found a photo on the internet of some empty... Wait, he found a photo. He found
2: a photo. On the internet. On the internet. This is my shocked face.
0: I know. Uh, of some empty cabinets with uh, artwork for uh, uh, ga- Guardians of the Galaxy. So oh, And it was stern. escapism pinball. So <laughs> I did some homework. I did my homework. And I found so when them. you say
2: escapism pinball, you, you you're talking about like as in a pinball company called escapism pinball.
0: Correct, sir.
2: Not the concept of escaping into pinball. Awesome. All right. Well, what what what's this about?
0: Okay, so I found it, and they're out of
2: South Africa, and I found a website.
0: Uh-huh. Um, I actually I've got it pulled up right now, um, so uh, the listener can find them at escapism.co.za and apparently there's nothing on their website at all about Guardians of the Galaxy but they're apparently uh, manufacturing um, they're doing a Spirit of 76, the old Gottlieb EM game but they're doing it as a solid state and they're doing a reissue of the old Bally
2: 8-ball game Wow. Those are interesting titles to pick. Out of all the titles you could pick, I wonder what drove them to those two. I don't know.
0: I did reach out to them via email from their, from their contact page, and I have yet to hear back from them. But I'm just kind of fascinated that they they
2: didn't reach out to you and offer to send you a check if you would have their agent pick up a pinball. It's not like any of those kind of things, right?
0: Not so far, no. <laughs> okay. Still waiting, you know. I am still waiting for my Nigerian prince to show up
2: on, you know, at the door like Ed McMahon. <laughs> you know, I kind of browsed around on the website today, and um, I don't know. Did you look at some of the services that they uh, offer? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have like they'll 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 completely restore a play field for like eight hundred bucks. Now they said they had to inspect it first, um, so I'm guessing they're not gonna do something that has mylar on it because they know it's gonna remove all the paint, but. Um, That'd be interesting to see if if anybody here in the US is engaged with them for any of their, any of their restoration projects.
0: Yeah, well, you know, another thing is they 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 do EM uh to solid state conversions. You know, you send them an EM game and they'll convert it right. to solid state.
2: Yeah, they're they're I was looking up the money difference cuz they're uh it's like South African rands, I think is their currency. And it was like their brand new machines that they're going to sell um are like 3500 Wow, so that was kind of surprising. Thirty five hundred yeah. America? I mean, you know, yeah, to convert over, it was like forty five thousand rand or something.
0: Okay, hmm.
2: Well, that's kind of interesting. So, yeah, I I, I would lo- love to hear more. I mean, I think I, as I Googled around, I think I saw them. Somebody posted a a video on YouTube like ten months ago. It's like the last activity I've seen. So I'm curious where they. Where they currently are is this stalled out, or are they still actively working on things behind the scenes. It, just another interesting little thing to kind of keep your eye on as as people around the world try to find their niche into into our hobby. Yeah,
0: yeah. I just you know I was just fascinated by it because here they are and they're like, whoa, nobody's heard about these guys. So hey, so hopefully we'll have some updates down the road of uh, what are they doing something.
2: Yeah, yeah. We'll keep an eye on them and report
0: back if we hear anything. So so, uh, so now we've got uh, – got a, uh, something for me.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I thought um, it would be fun to ask um, you some questions. So I thought I'd introduce a brand new segment to our show. Uh, I like to call it This or That. And I'm just going to rapid-fire ask you some real simple questions and see how you answer them. And I'm going to try hard not to judge you harshly based on your answers. Or laugh out loud. <laughs> so I hope you're prepared. Yeah, yeah, fire away. All right, so, all right, here we go. We're just going to warm you up nice and easy, okay? Okay. Um, Board games. Monopoly or Life? Uh, Monopoly. Nice. Uh, Pinball vendors. Pinball Life or Marco Specialties?
0: Oh, that's a tough one. Pinball
2: Life. All right. Coke or Pepsi? That was fast. Now, what about this? I want you to think about this. I'm going to hold you accountable. I either give you a... And these are equal-conditioned machines, okay? Okay. I'm either going to give you a Fathom or you have to give me 500 bucks, and I give you a TX Sector. Oh, man. Uh, TX Sector. Nobody else failed. has one. Nobody else has one. Nobody else has one. Uh, so you're going to give me 500 cash and to get the TX Sector versus a free Fathom? Yeah. I, I could go play oh, I, I, I that. There's
0: other people I know that have it. So no one we know has a TX right. sector. ABBA or the
2: Bee Gees? Man, that is tough. Uh, I'm going to go ABBA. So disappointed. Solid State Bally or Solid State Gottlieb? Solid State Bally. Mustang or Camaro? Mustang. Would you rather prepare an EM or a Solid State? Solid State only because I know more about them. You can only set your machines up for an eternity in three ball or five ball? Three ball. iPhone or Android? IPhone. That was the wrong answer. Lowe's or Home Depot? Home Depot. That was also the wrong answer. I was looking for Harbor Freight. Oh
0: Harbor Freight, okay. Vanilla Ice Cream.
2: <laughs> vanilla ice cream or rainbow sherbet? Uh ooh, Rainbow Sherbet. Ah, uh, I'll have to go with vanilla. Wow, you're one of those. DMD or L C D? DMD. Do you toast your marshmallows, or do you burn them? Burn them and give them to the kids, because I hate marshmallows. <laughs> LEDs or incandescent bulbs? Only one. LEDs. Uh, if you had to pick one favorite mechanism, would it be a spinner, or would it be a drop? Oh, man. That's that's brutal hard. A uh, spinner. I'll go spinner. Yeah, that was an easy one, because of the name of the podcast. Huh? But I do love drops. Here's a con- Here's a controversial
0: one. Star Trek or Star Wars? Uh, uh, well, you know I love them both, but I, I'm gonna give the hand to Star
2: Wars. No, nope. I'm the freaking. You knew that was the answer. Guy. All right, all your machines have to be either set up to six degrees or seven and a half degrees. Seven and a half, make it harder, makes you a better player. Wow. Okay. In and out or Five Guys? In and out. Superbands or Titans?
0: Boy, that is tough. Um, I'm gonna go with Titans. Big Red or Juicy Fruit? Juicy Fruit. Can't stand cinnamon. Wow. Oh, I like right. real
2: cinnamon. I, I hate fake cinnamon. <laughs> Final question. You don't know what they're going to be, but the next unannounced Stern or the next unannounced Spooky, which one would you want? Wow. I, I, yeah, that is tough. Um,
0: I'm going to judge you. You're going to judge me. You know what? Partially. uh I'm betting on Spooky cuz I think they're really going to surprise a lot of people with their next couple of
2: games. All right, that that's fair enough. And that concludes this or that for this episode. That was fun. Thanks for playing. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I thought you'd
0: like that. So, uh, closing time. Closing time, It's time to close. Uh, I know. Already. It's already but we we've, we've got a good show here. Uh, but always as always, I so look forward to doing the episodes. We always have so much fun. So, um, closing out the night. Uh any more shout-outs to anybody?
2: No. I, you know, I'll I'll do a instead of a shout-out, I'll do a confession. Um, All right, the confessional. It's, it, it's it's been over 2 2 weeks since I've uh turned on a pinball machine and played it. You've been yeah, a, I admit that. You've been out of town a lot. I I I have, but that's that's not a good enough excuse cuz I've been I I've, I've been home enough that I should have played one. I'm looking at my Knight rider right now recognizing I I need to turn it on before I go to bed tonight. So I'll, I'll, I'll I'll make up for it. I'll, I'll uh, play 10 games as my penance.
0: There you go. Well, I'll confess too. I haven't played since Tuesday night. So, you know, all right. So I'm going to go play too. That's that's, we're, we're both bad hosts. Yeah. I I do want to give a (laughs) shout out to, uh, uh, all the wonderful people that listen to the show. Um, thank you for your support and listening. And, uh, we're always glad that we can entertain you and maybe give you something to think about. Uh, Big thanks again to uh, Juniper Neff for coming on the show and uh, sharing her really cool story with us. Uh, You can listen to us, of course, on uh, SoundCloud, uh, Acast, and iTunes. Uh, Whoa, anybody else we got to thank tonight? I think that's about it. Uh, Yeah. You got anything else? Nope. Okay. Well, thanks again for listening. Uh, This has been Episode 8 of the Spinners Lit Pinball Podcast. Play pinball. Keep America strong. Good night, everybody.